Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. I've been thinking about uh, the end of the year, of course, today, you know, being the eve of the new year, and I've been thinking about uh, David and how he was a man after God's own heart. And, uh, and it, but if you read through all the Psalms, you know, it's not always a pretty picture. It really isn't always a pretty picture. And so um, today I want to cover in Psalms 119, 25 to 32. It's only eight verses. And the reason why I am is it has to do with Dalet there, which remember about a month ago or so I showed you this Hebrew letter and uh and it's also the word, or it also the uh, the Hebrew letter looks like a door. And uh, this is one person's idea of what an acrostic is. I don't know if this is accurate because I'm not Hebrew, so I don't know if this was like that. I kind of thought that the acrostic for Psalms 119, and we're in the Dalet section, which is the fourth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. I kind of thought of it like a children's treasury. Uh, coloring book where it has a great big A is for apple. You know, like apple, and then there's a picture there, and then B is for you know whatever boy or something like that. And so then you get to D, and then there's going to be door or whatever. But in Hebrew, um, there's only 22 letters, and with Psalms 119, every uh, letter of the Hebrew alphabet is represented. Then there's eight verses. So just think about that, Jerry. If you had to sing 176 verses, yeah, that would just just be awful. But anyway, we're just going to cover uh, the Daleth, which is uh, the one, like I said, that looks like a door. It's only eight verses. And uh, I think we might have something to share within that uh, with the Lord. Uh, if we haven't already, maybe we'll have some time for... Um, sharing with the Lord before the new year comes in, wherever you may find yourself. But I want to start out with uh, uh, Psalms 119, starting with verse 25. And I think this time, I forgot to see which one it was. I think this is all King James Version, except at the end where I've said something else different. So, um, um, you know, these and those and all that. So, Psalms 119.25, My soul cleaves unto the dust, quicken thou me according to thy word. You know, when I was, I was reading this um, a few days ago, I was just like, cleaves to the dust. You know, I'm thinking, he is such a poet, which he was. I mean, he was a spiritual poet as well as a songwriter. Uh, and again, this is all done in really excellent form for that time. Uh, but he said, my soul cleaves to the dust. And have, have you ever just, I mean, probably not you, but maybe people that you maybe minister to, that they would say sometimes that you feel like your your mind, your will, your emotions, that, that they're just embracing the dust. It, it's, it's not a good day in the neighborhood, you know. And um, But he knows what to do. He says, quicken thou me according to thy word. So... Remember, David was a man after God's own heart. So David was not, uh, wasn't shy. He, he exactly said where he was with the Lord. 
and then he looked to the Lord to help him in that. And the way I was raised was like, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. Or uh, we look at complaining as always something bad, you know, this, um, this kind of idea. <coughs> but David didn't. David, David knew who to take his complaints to, and he did. And he was uh, complaining he was afflicted. And it could have been his, he could have been looking at his heart, and it could have been maybe he was looking at inward corruption and, and how sometimes in his heart it kind of deadens us to holy things. Or it could have been actually he was troubled in his mind because of outward things. You know, there was so many outward things. There was always a war going on. There was always somebody out to kill him or something like that. Uh, and so between his own problems where he might have been his own maker to the trouble that was outward, he petitioned for relief. And he understood that his word, the word of God would bring him relief. Now, remember, for those guys, we're talking about the first five books of the Bible. So, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then Psalms and Proverbs. I believe that was that was it at that point until uh, whatever he was reading of, of the prophets, which I don't know what he was all reading of the prophets. So it, it might include a few more things, but he knew where to go for his relief. For him, his self, whether he was complaining or whether he, uh, whether he was uh, encouraging himself in the Lord, or maybe he was on the top of the world, he didn't have that separation between him and God. That's something that, that um, the Lord is showing me, that I, I, I uh, being raised in that other way, you know, it's very hard to come over and tell the authority, you know, this, this sucks, this really sucks, you know, kind of thing. But I'm changing, so I, I know that I'm not alone because I've had other people uh, come to me and say the same thing. Uh, David also said in Psalms 22, 15, uh, another, this is very poetic, although he is actually saying uh, things that he was experiencing in Psalms 22, 15. My strength is dried up like a pot's herd, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. You know, um, you know it, it's very picturesque. It's very, very descriptive, but he's also getting it out. You know, he, he's getting it out. I, I like that about it. And Jesus says in John 6, 63, It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit, and they are life. So then we go on to the next verse in Psalms 119, verse 26. I have declared my ways, and thou heard me. Teach me thy statutes. Again, I just see this great freedom to be able to express to his God um, in, in a very intimate, a very personal way what's going on here. And yet again, he's saying, teach me. I'm open. I'm a learner. Same as me. I'm ever learning. I'm want, wanting to learn and to understand and to hopefully operate in some wisdom that God um, has given and just like the prophet Hezekiah in 2 Kings 19.14, uh, it states, 
Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. I don't know what the messenger was carrying. I would have always imagined it would have just been one uh, scroll. But when it said that he spread it before the Lord, I don't know if it was one scroll or several. But can you just imagine him at, um, at a table and he's spreading this before the Lord? And he's like, look, this is what they're saying. You know, and he just lays it all before the Lord. I just think that's like ingenious, you know, as well as very administrative. But it's just genius that, that the prophet uh, did that before the Lord. He had uh, freedom between him and his God as well. Now going on to verse 27 of Psalms. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. So... To me, I see the link between understanding the way of the Lord assists us in talking of our of wondrous works that he does. Isn't that true of us? That when we, sometimes we come to a level of understanding, and then all of a sudden God is so much more. The Lord is so much more in our hearts, or, or the Holy Spirit within us is, um, we're so much more, thankful and grateful for him in us. Yeah. 1 John 5, 14, 15, the Apostle John states, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. See, that's the truth. We may not be experiencing the truth, but that's the truth. So if you're like me, you'll want to persuade your heart if you don't believe that. You want to keep persuading your heart, encouraging your heart to believe what the Lord says. It'll, it'll open up your heart and you'll have, an, uh, you'll feel like you have a brand new lifeline to the Lord. 1 John 1, 6 and 7 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not do the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Psalms 119, verse 28. He goes into another very descriptive, picturesque thing. He says, my soul melts for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to your word. My soul melts for heaviness. Have you ever experienced that? And if you haven't, maybe you've helped someone that they've experienced heaviness so much that they just feel like they're melt melting. They're like a blob on the floor. They're just a puddle. But this is what he's saying. He, he's, he's so desiring. He's leaning in, even though he has this complaint or he has this challenge or, or he has this... Uh, myriad of feelings he's just bringing it to the Lord because he wants to maintain that relationship with the Lord he he doesn't want anything hidden and it's okay it's okay it's all right I'm talking more to myself than probably you but it's okay it's okay when people say lean into it lean into it I'm thinking no 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 I'll I'll move slower but I'm not going to say I'm going to actually lean into it because that's 
that's where I'm still moving along there. But here, again, he's, he's representing his own griefs here, and he's requesting also for God's grace in this situation and to be strengthened according to the word. So he can be strengthened so that maybe he has responsibilities, whether you'd call them holy or sacred. I kind of think that everything that we do is sacred. So for me, it would be all sacred. But, but at least if he feels like this heaviness has melted him so much, he's saying, strengthen me so that I can do these things that are sacred, responsibilities, sacred duties, that I can do what I need to do as a king. And that he would be able to bear up even though he has these burdens and he has these afflictions that his spirit won't fail. You know, I, I can so relate to that at, at times that I say, Lord, I, I don't want to fail in this. I mean, failure is okay. We'll always learn something. I'm not saying that, not from a perfectionist kind of idea. But it's saying is like, I want, I want to, I want to be found standing inside of you, and standing in your strength, not in my own strength, but standing in, in your strength. And Moses declared among um, those that he was prophesying to in Deuteronomy 33, I thought 25b was interesting. It says, and as thy days, so shall thy strength be. So if I need strength for today, the Lord will give me strength to today. But if I borrow from tomorrow, he, has, he hasn't guaranteed that I will have strength for what I'm borrowing for tomorrow. He says, I will have strength. I'll be able to stand the way I look at it. I'll be able to stand today for what needs what I need today. It's a principle. Psalms 119.29, he says, remove me, remove, I'm sorry, remove from me the way of lying and grant me thy law graciously. I could think of so many ways that we would have a way of lying from the lies we believe, uh, so, so many ways. And, and David, we see in the scriptures that um, he lied or at least misled two people with names starting with A that I cannot pronounce, either one of them. But I think it was like Hichemiah and Ashish or something like that. Um, so I didn't write it down because I can't even say it. But anyway, he, he, he did not have to lie, but he did. And then I was also thinking that remember when the scripture says that, that at the time the kings go to war, David stayed home, you know, basically. At the time the kings go to war. See, those were, those were his responsibilities. He knew better. He was a king. It was springtime. It was the time to go to war. But he didn't go to war. He stayed home. And what happened? He got in heck of trouble, right? As my son would have said, Mom... He's in heck of trouble. So I was thinking about that and thinking that sometimes even our actions betray who we really are, you know. And a uh, little side note here, little side note. A hypocrite isn't what we call hypocrites today in the Bible. A hypocrite was a person who was playing a part. 
like in a play, everybody knew that the real person wasn't that person. And so when the Lord talks about a hypocrite, he's actually saying, you are, are through his servants that wrote it, I think it was Paul, but he, you are acting like who, are you, who you are not. You are not that person. You are accepted in the beloved. You are a child of God. So right now, you're acting in a way that is, that is not true to who you are. And in that way, I'm saying um, that we could, we could ask to have that way of lying removed from us and to be granted his gracious law. Um, something interesting I just learned, Deuteronomy 17, 18. Uh, this was about kings. And it shall be when he sits upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Did, did any of you already know that? Sure. I, honest, at least 10 times I've read the Bible through, and I don't remember ever seeing this. This is what I love about the scriptures, is they are alive, and no matter how many times you read them, you can read them again, and you will see something new. You will see something fresh. It's like the Lord quickening our spirits to something. In Psalms 119.30, we go on, and David says, I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before thee, before thee, before me. Sorry. Again, I think of that like Hezekiah's letter. Here's David. He's choosing the way of truth no matter where his soul finds himself. And thy judgments, which is another way for the word, the scriptures uh, at that time, he's laid it before him. So he's kept it before his eyes. He's kept it in the hearing of his ears. He's, he's kept it ever before him, maybe even uh, speaking to his children about it. Um, I think that's, that's so awesome. Psalms 119, verse 31. I have stuck unto thy testimonies, O Lord. Put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Again, so now he was cleaving to the pot, pot's herd, which was like a piece of a, a clay pot, like a broken off piece of it. Or he was saying that he was cleaving to the dust. Now he's stuck, or I might say cleaving or sticking to the, his test, the Lord's testimonies, which was another word again for the scriptures. O Lord, put me not to shame. So he's resolving. He's making re, he's making a resolution. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose this. And not only am I going to choose this, but I'm going to uh, put put my whole self in. I'm all in. I'm all in. And then he says, Lord, don't put me to shame. So. I like that. He's all in, and yet he says, don't, don't let me find myself in shame. 
in Psalms 132, that part that it says, enlarge my heart, I thought enlarge my heart was more like touchy-feely. They've got, you know, that person has such a big heart or whatever, but that actually was a phrase for an increase of wisdom, so that when we have an increase of wisdom, we're actually enlarging our help, our hearts, to be able to um, to love others better, love God better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The apostle says in Hebrews, I like the Phillips translation and the Voice translation, so I put them both here, and I wanted to kind of bring it down here and, and come to an ending here. Uh, Hebrews 12.1 in the Phillips translation says, Surrounded then as we are by these serried ranks of witnesses, let us strip off everything that hinders us, as well as the sin which dogs our feet. I love that. And let us run the race that we have to run with patience, our eyes fixed on Jesus, the source and the goal of our faith. And, and then it goes on to say, he himself endured a cross and thought nothing of its shame because of the joy he knew who knew would follow his suffering. And he is now seated at the right hand of God's throne. Think constantly of him enduring all that sinful men could say against him. And you will not lose your purpose. You will not lose your courage. And finally, in the voice translation, I liked this one because it was talking about pace. And I've been kind of stuck on that word for about three or four weeks. So since we stand surrounded by all those who have gone before, an enormous cloud of witnesses, let us drop every extra weight, every sin that clings to us and slackens our pace, and let us run with endurance the long race set before us. So I like that. I like that. In his, in, his, in his resolution, in his resolve, he's looking to the Lord. He's putting his trust in the Lord. He's even declaring that, he, that uh, this is what he's going to do and that he's trusting that he's not going to be able to be put to shame. I, I don't know about you, but I, I quit doing New Year's resolutions a long time ago because <laughs> at best they last two days, but if it's a really, really good one, it might have lasted two weeks, but usually it, it doesn't, it does not do well. But this is a resolution that David had that I feel like that I can, that I can internalize that again, maybe that his resolution could become ours, that we can make a choice in these days that sometimes are difficult and sometimes our mind, our will, our emotions, even our physical bodies are like, you know, they just want to exit stage left. They, they, they do not want to participate in the real. But perhaps we can join David and let our resolution, his resolution become ours, that we will, we will um, choose the Lord and we will trust that we're not going to be in shame and that we will depend on his grace to carry us through. So... That's um, what the Lord put on my heart to share. Does anyone have anything that they wanted to either add or something about uh, New Year's resolutions or anything? Do you have anything you want to share? I, too, have learned not to make resolutions <laughs> because, yeah, the two-day rule. <laughs> they, they don't last, and I run out of gas, and make all kinds of excuses why not to follow through. 
And I'm always sorry that, I, you know, then the guilt and the shame comes on because you failed. So it's, it's a lot easier just to not make a resolution and just live a godly life. Mm -hmm. Let that be your purpose, you know, and all that other stuff takes care of itself. Exactly, exactly. And I just love, again, I probably said it a million times, but uh, I just love how uh, Jerry came and uh, all the, the music, all the worship that was for day, today was beauty for ashes, uh, that no matter what, it's, it is well with my soul. And, uh, you know, Far be it from me to not believe, even when I don't see. You know, I just golly, I couldn't have done better myself. You know, I he, I just love it. I just love how that works. Or if it was Joyce this week, I don't know who chose the music, but I just, I just love how it dovetails and how the Lord, I think, wants to emphasize to us in different ways, because some of us are going to be. We might be turned off to somebody that's at a pulpit, but we're not turned off to the music that's going right into our souls and our spirits, and we yes. just take it all in and say, yeah, Lord, that's, that's me, Beauty for Ashes. I want Beauty for Ashes. So, Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.